Welcome to the ASHG Genetically Speaking podcast. ASHG is producing this mini-series as part of their work to support the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine's Roundtable on Genomics and Precision Health. We are here today with Kathy Wickland and Vince Bonham Jr. to discuss the Roundtable's Equity Working Group. Greetings and thanks for being with us today. Vince, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, th and thanks for inviting me to be part of this important podcast. So my name is Vince Bonham. I'm the Acting uh, Deputy Director at the National Human Genome Research Institute at NIH, um, as well as an intramural investigator in our social and behavioral research branch in the intramural research program. I'm happy to be here. Great. Kathy, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi. And I want to echo thank you so much for inviting us today. I'm Kathy Wickland. I am a genetic counselor, and I am professor at Feinberg School of Medicine in the Department of OB-GYN and also co-director of the graduate program in genetic counseling. Well, we are happy to have you, and thanks again for making the time to talk to us. I'll just go ahead and jump right in. The Roundtable has done work on access and equity issues in the past, but this is the first time that the Roundtable's actually formalized a group on equity specifically. Why was it important to you to make this change? So I'll start off on, on, on this question. You know, the Roundtable has uh, many important um, missions with regards to bringing together the diverse communities within genomics and precision health around a variety of topics. Um, but there was a clear recognition that issues around equity and health equity um, were so important that we needed our own working group that's focused on that. And the mission of the equity working group is to foster action for underrepresentation and inequities in genomics research and the workforce and access uh, to increase the diversity of who's part of the workforce. And I'll also add to that a little bit. I think that, as Vince said, we really had this thread always being in all of our workshops and always um, discussing health disparities and inequities. But I also think the current climate, you know, the the what was happening in our world and in the United States around um, you know, greater recognition of the racism and structural racism that exists within our institutions and within healthcare really made it um, much more timely to be looking at this issue and also felt like we were getting a lot more traction in looking at this issue um, and having a lot more interest from all of the interested parties um, around this topic. I, I just follow up a little bit. What's so important with regards to the equity working group is that we have the diversity of different organizations, scientific disciplinary areas, the different perspectives and voices within the roundtable part of the equity working group. I think that we can all agree that it's not a new issue, but I think you're right that the timing was good for people recognizing that there was a need for this. Since the group's been formed, what have you focused your work on? Yeah. That was a hard decision. There are so many different things that are critical that we need to focus on. As you said, this is not a new issue. This is something that we've been grappling with for a very long time. And um, when we discussed this with each other, with the roundtable and looking at our own organizations, the thing that really rose to the top was the workforce in general, um, the genomics and genetic workforce, because that impacts so much of our the educational piece that we do. It impacts our clinical services. You know, as an educator, I've thought a lot about um, the diversity of the genetic counseling workforce. How can we increase that diversity? 
But also, it's not just about bringing people into programs and creating a pipeline. It's also, what do we do once individuals with uh, marginalized backgrounds come into our program? You know, how do we make sure we, we are creating a space of belonging for them? And then what happens when they enter the profession as well? So there were a lot of aspects um, around the workforce. And ultimately, that impacts our patients, right? That the way, the way we look and, and the identities that we hold will impact how our patients come to us, if they come to us, um, are they being offered services, what are the biases inherent in the workforce um, that we have to deal with. So that really became one of the, I think, top priorities for us, and that's where we started our work. Is there anything you want to add? I would just add that there there's a recognition um, both um, within the, the genetics and genomics and precision health community of the lack of, of workforce itself and, and, you know, that we need more individuals in different types of positions within the uh, genomics and genetics workforce. But when we look at the workforce, it's just not representative of our country. And so we must focus on that as a part of enhancing both the individuals that are in the workforce, but also the reflection of the workforce. So this, these were identified as key issues for us. Yeah. And it was cross-cutting. And, you know, one of the things that we thought about was there's, you know, genomics workforce is broad. There's a clinical workforce. There's um, who are our researchers and who are the funders. You know, there there is a lot of different aspects to this. And so that was another decision we had to make because, you know, you, you can tackle quite a few things, but one becomes so broad, you're not as effective. So in that, we decided to focus on the clinical genomics workforce. So that is, as you all know, primarily the genetic counseling workforce and the medical genetics workforce as well. And, and they're on the front line. They're on the front line of patient care. Uh, and so that was clearly the highest priority. Yep. And actually, I should add nurses as well, right? You know, there are other healthcare providers that provide genomic services, nursing being one of them, um, that we were trying to be more comprehensive of all the people involved in the clinical space who might be offering genomic services. From the perspective of patients, I think there's probably a lot that can be gained from being able to find a provider or an expert or a service provider within medicine that looks like you and the same for uptake and people wanting to take those pathways for their careers. Since it is so broad and you did have to focus why do you think that the clinical part of the workforce was the best place for you to start? I can start with that. I mean, speaking from somebody who has been in patient care, um, I think that, you know, it, it's certainly not that the research aspect is not important as well, because so much of what we base our clinical counseling on is the research, and that's a whole nother issue. However, um, we know that there's a lot of barriers to um, gaining access to genetic services. Um, and, you know, unless we start looking at that specifically, I think we, we, again, we felt that that was one of the higher things up there that were, you know, the workforce not having enough people to see patients, not having us reflect the population seemed like something that we have been talking a lot about. We've been hearing a lot about, we've heard from communities and other populations. We've also heard a lot, as you know, about um, institutions being mistrustful or distrustful, I should say, not mistrustful, but distrustful. And that seemed to be the, the highest priority for us. And Vince, I would love to have you add to that. I would just add that when we think about equity, you can think about it very 
broadly, and there's a number of issues around justice and equity that are important, uh, including within genomics and precision health. But health equity, I think, is the number one issue. And focusing in on the clinical workforce is really about health equity of giving everyone, all patients, access to services and services from individuals from their communities and from their institutions that they get the access to their care. And so it just was the number one issue to recognize that, you know, if we can um, bring this conversation out and make this conversation about the needs and strategies and solutions to the problem, um, that that's the highest priority that we should have and, and could help support uh, health equity for all communities across yeah, the country. I would add to that, you know, it's not that other groups haven't been obviously working on this, NSGC and ASHG and ACMG and all the organizations, but I think one of the advantages of the roundtable is, as Vince said at the beginning, the various people involved in this um, roundtable, anywhere from industry to government to institutions to professional societies. So, you know, having the and communities, advocates, having all of those people together to be able to think more globally about this issue and come up with potential opportunities. And um, that, I think, is where the roundtable can really make a difference, too. So I think both of you alluded to the fact that equity and access is a much broader issue, even than the already large issue of the clinical workforce, and that the roundtable really cross-cuts against different disciplines and focuses and, and areas of interest. What other topics do you think are going to be, say, next on the list or the some of the most important things that you want to explore in the future, and have you been thinking about how you might want to address that? I'll start with that question. There are a number of areas, and so I, I think the working group um, we'll have work to do uh, on behalf of the roundtable for years to come. But there's two areas that I would highlight. One is not just the clinical workforce, but we need to also focus on the research workforce to make sure that we are training the next generation of genetic and genomic researchers to actually be reflective of our country. And so this issue of what can we do along the pathway of education to help individuals to become independent researchers, investigators within um, biotech, uh, within pharma, within government, within academic institutions, conducting research that's focused in in the areas of precision health and um, genomics. So that's the second area. The third area that I would highlight is what can we do as a roundtable to help develop strategies and think about the problem and addressing the problem with regards to the lack of diversity uh, in our research studies. We don't have the ancestral diversity, the social diversity of study participants that really is needed to truly understand variation, to help to provide appropriate care and personalized precision care to all individuals. So those are two areas that I would highlight. The issue with regards to the workforce uh, and the research workforce uh, is really going to require all types of organizations to be involved in tackling this problem. And one of the nice things about the roundtable is that we're bringing these different voices. So, you know, we, we have pharma at the table. We have government agencies. We have professional societies at the table. So how can we work together in a collaborative way 
to help to move forward the conversation and addressing the problem. So that that's an exciting part about the roundtable and the roundtable being this forum to bring people together. And so this issue of the pathway of creating opportunities for the next generation of researchers, I think is essential for our future work. And I don't know, Kathy, if you want to talk about some of the things that we've been thinking about. Yeah. You know, one of the things that have really come out a lot of our work is um, just the importance of mentorship uh, for individuals and young, you know, junior and and, and mid-career level individuals because of how important that is and thinking about the future and helping them either, you know, get into programs once they're in programs entering the workforce and also in mid-level career thinking about what's next. We've noticed um, one of the workshops that we did was on actually innovation and entrepreneurship and noticed that there were not very many people with diverse you know, identities within that space. And so how do we promote that? How do we connect um, mid-level um, people to um, others who are doing kind of some of these more out-of-the-box things that we really need that kind of diverse perspective. So, you know, one of the things we really dug into is the importance of mentorship. And this is true across like a research. This is, you know, whether it's the research workforce or the clinical workforce, wherever it is, is how important it is for us. So that's certainly an action for those listeners out there who are wondering what they can do uh, about this issue actively mentoring, actively being involved in mentoring students, graduate students, and, you know, other colleagues is is critical in this area. And Vince, I don't know if that's what you were thinking of, but. No, exactly. I, I think this issue about mentorship as part of an important role that organizations and groups that are part of the roundtable can help to encourage the broader genetics and genomics and precision health community to address, I think is extremely important. We recognize that w- there is a lot of work um, and by only working together and, and recognizing that government agencies alone or professional societies alone or academic institutions alone cannot uh, fix the problems that we have uh, within the field. It sounds like the equity group has been busy since it was convened trying to bring attention to these issues in the clinical workforce specifically and the biomedical workforce in general. In your opinions, what do you think are the most impactful things the Equity Group has done so far? I think the thing that we've done is try to amplify the voices of the individuals who are actually impacted by the inequities and bringing people in from the community um, and hearing their stories about how this inequity, how these disparities have really impacted their everyday life. So, you know, hearing those stories is critical for us to have a better understanding as to the true impact on individuals. The other thing we've done is, you know, try to write about this, right? Try to get this out there. And we were able to publish a paper in Genetics and Medicine that really highlighted a lot of the work that we have done in this area and really talking about how the lack of diversity impacts so many different aspects of what we do. Um, you know, patience, innovation, all of these different things. So I think that it's important for us to try to get that work out there so that under other individuals can benefit from the work that we're doing. And Vince, I'd love to hear what you think about that. I think that our ability to work across with different organizations, just like with this podcast, our ability to bring to the table um, the various groups in this conversation 
it's been a major part of our success of the work of the equity group. Uh, and I do want to echo uh, Kathy's statement about bringing the voices of those that are not typically um, brought into these kinds of forums and these conversations, whether that's a, an early career a clinical geneticist or a, an individual who is addressing, a grappling with a disease or condition that's genetic-based and that they are there as part of the voice, bringing their experiences and perspectives and having this opportunity for the, the whole round table to listen to them and to hear from them and that this equity working group can help to facilitate that. So I think that's been an important success um, of the working group. This group has brought together people from many different areas that have varying perspectives. What challenges have you identified that are important for advancing genomics in the clinic and research but are beyond the scope of the roundtable's work? So I'll start with that one. I, I think that there's a number of things that are beyond the scope of what the roundtable can do um, that we highlight and that hopefully uh, others can can really take the baton and address some of these issues as well as a recognition that some of these are much larger and they're going to require of various constituencies to come together. Um, but issues really around some of the policy questions and the structural barriers that exist and access to healthcare um, are major challenges that we identify uh, in some of the work that we've done as the equity working group. Um, and that too requires others than what the roundtable can do. Um, so an understanding that there are policy issues, that there are structural issues that are beyond the work that we can do but each of us have a voice and are part of different organizations that we can go back and also work with. And so that's one of the, the really nice things about the roundtable is that um, we have this opportunity to recognize there's some things that the, the National Academies and the roundtable cannot do, but maybe we in our other work and our organizations um, that we can really start to continue to address. Do either of you have any closing thoughts on the future of the equity group? Well, I, I think the Equity Working Group has had a, a good um, initial two years of, of both um, level, level set setting for the roundtable about issues and topics of importance, but a recognition that we've only just started the work that can go on within the roundtable. And I see that the Equity Working Group is, is here to address a number of different challenges um, that our field has. Um, but the exciting thing is, is that people are interested and willing uh, to come together to help to address those problems. Yeah. And I would add in, like our other working groups who I know you all will be also talking to, um, you know, the thing about this is equity is in every single working group that we have on the round table. You know, that is a lens in which we are looking through for everything. And I think that our some of our work is also to support our other um, colleagues in their other working groups and thinking about innovation and adoption and and how can we also uh, tackle equity within those areas as well. So I think that besides, I think, what Vince talked about, the research aspect, which I think we'll be focusing, I think also just supporting um, our other working groups and making sure that equity is brought into all of those discussions is important as well. Well, thanks again for taking the time to speak with us today about the work of the Roundtable's Equity Group. Yeah, no, I, I was good. It's been great chatting with you today. Thank you. This has been Eli Robertson. Join us next time and we'll talk with the Innovation Working Group. Thanks for listening.